I got the software and, you know, I just... Ugh. Which software did you use? Did you use Camo? I did. Uh-huh. I use Camo all the time. Do you? I do. I, um... You're a, you are a closet techie, aren't you? No, not at all. Not at you all. Mean I don't you're understand out of the closet anything. as a techie or you're not well, even... Um, I think it's that I don't understand the stuff that I'm using, so I'm not... You're not a boffin. I'm not interested in understanding how it works. This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. Quite a lot of podcasts have a YouTube channel, don't they? And, and you can watch people record the podcast. And I That's... find that to be the single most redundant process. Well, I think it's um, it's all about garnering support, isn't it? Because YouTube, <sighs> it's so much easier for people that they understand YouTube better or more yeah. easily or something. Yeah, I just, I just don't want to watch somebody have a conversation because it seems daft. It would also would be inviting people into my bedroom every week, which I feel slightly odd about, because this, of course, is my recording studio with the uh, wardrobe doors open. For extra sound muffling purposes. Exactly. Mm. But yes, I am sitting on my, I'm, I'm sitting on our bed. I love that. I know, it's a little bit odd. How are you? It is. I'm okay, but speaking of inviting people into your bedroom... I'm. Oh, I think. Thank God, we're covering this finally. <laughs> I think I had experienced yes, I say yes. this week. <laughs> sorry, sorry, go on. No, I think I experienced um, reopening anxiety this week, and I had a very curious response to it. So you know the whole like moving towards. I don't know when this is going to be out in the world, but on July the 19th in the UK, uh, Mr. Johnson, the Prime Minister of the UK, is articulating um, that date as Freedom Day. Yes, this will come out after that. So we are likely have already had uh, aforementioned Day of Liberty. So I think in my tiny little noggin, I've been getting more and more bothered about the encroaching freedom um, and the idea that all of a sudden people are going to rock up at my house and want to come and visit me and all those sorts of things and so I pulled the stair carpet off <sighs> your um, your brain is fascinating or in fact all our brains are fascinating but tell me more like what's <sighs> the is it just a sort of sign of stress that you might start to pull carpet up no, it's because we needed to replace the stair carpet. That was a thing that needed to be done. But, it, has I mean, that's, of, it has had a bit of dog action over the years, hasn't it? it? it it's had four dogs running up and down it, and, and Stephen, poor little lamb, had some quite explosive diarrhoea on the, on the stairs, <laughs> which required a significant amount of scrubbing, and that ruined the structural integrity of the carpet. <laughs> and so there is now a hole, or there was a hole in the carpet. There is now no carpet because... I'd got a date for somebody to come round just to give us a quote about fitting carpet, which is uh, quite a long way away, actually. It's like towards the tail end of August because people are busy and, I guess, you know, holidays or stuff like that. Yeah. But still, I went, so I'll pull this up. 
and I I wonder if that was kind of a, a a strange moment of me going. And if I don't have stair carpet in, I can't have people coming around to visit me because yeah. the house isn't available to to be seen. And I've started to decorate, but I haven't finished things, so there are rooms half done. So you're making your house unvisitable, basically. I think I think well, I am. not unvisitable for some people, but for you, it's it's entirely unvisitable because I won't allow people into it. Exactly, but I mean that some people have visitors to their houses which are entirely unkempt and uh yeah yeah but not you and, and i'm not here to judge anybody about how they live their lives but <laughs> we're I not can't... here if anything we're not here to judge anybody wait what <laughs> to judge but nobody I, just, I, I can't stand the idea of people coming into my house when it's not kind of ready yes i do i do i have to say i do remember um tales of uh frantic vacuuming yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before dropping in, <laughs> before coming to visit you. <laughs> yeah, because you know, a, a four-hour train journey, dropping in. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I, <laughs> I was reflecting upon it as I, after I'd taken the carpet to the tip, and thinking, this is a strange thing that you've done. I, I've effectively pulled up the drawbridge. I, I can't have people in the house. Yeah, yeah. And do. You- are you aware of being anxious about it, or is it not quite at the level of awareness? I mean, you're expressing this now, but I, yeah. I'm... Yeah, I wasn't aware of it in the slightest to begin with. It's only upon reflection thinking, hang about, why have you done this with so much time before? Because the the, the, the hole was relatively small, and it was perfectly serviceable, and that would have still allowed people in the house. Um, but yeah, so I think... I think and also just starting the the process of of decorating but not finishing so there's pots of paint all over the place and it is just this sense that i'm now i'm it's not like i've started to knock walls down i'm not quite that far gone <laughs> it's uh it's a shame in a way because that uh competition we were going to hold for um our unfaithful listeners in which they the the, the prize was to go around and see you and to be there for a live recording of midlifing we're going to have to hold off on that competition right we are we sorry are. dear listeners yeah i'm sorry i'm yeah. sorry would you would you have set them where would you sit them just behind you so they're looking at your back while you're recording no they could sit to my left and they've got a nice sofa that they can sit on and look at me on your left there's room between your computer and the bookshelf that's my right. Oh, well, that is. Ve- I mean, the, the concept of. Oh, I just don't even want to use the term. That's really it. Um, it makes my skin crawl. You mean Freedom Day? Oh. and of course, th- this will have happened. Uh, yes, it the nineteenth of July will have happened. So we're talking about something in the future that, yes, Marty will be in the past. <laughs> no, I know it's. Uh, I don't understand. I don't understand where that comes from, where that desire. It's really hard for me to make sense of why you would effectively encourage a line in the sand and to encourage kind of extreme responses to that thing. Mm. Like in a way, like to me, it would be far better to go, well, it's going to happen. This is where the fewest number of cases are. We're going to, the restrictions are going to cease there. And then we're going to roll out the uh, reducing restrictions depending on you know, R numbers and case numbers and all that kind of thing. But no, 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 no. I was just thinking, should we talk about something that doesn't make us both sigh so heavily? It's really tricky, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm sorry I started with my anxiety, but... No! (sighs) 
<laughs> it's 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 quite exposing in terms of my you know my psyche. <laughs> it tells I think it tells you faithful listeners and unfaithful listeners alike everything you need to know. It is a little bit pathological. It is. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. Ah, subject normal. And um but it's funny we actually had a uh, we had someone um come by the other day that and this is before freedom day uh as opposed to after it and um lil was going for a walk with this person and it was pissing down it was really raining heavily so she came up and we had a cup of tea we sat around the kitchen table had a cup of tea uh it was delightful we were um we were so vaccinated up the wazoo though we were utterly and fully and totally we had some um i've had my fourth dose just to be sure that's interesting because i got vaccinated in the arm but you got vaccinated in your wazoo i know i know, know it's a it's a special um southwest london thing yeah gotcha. we're very we 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 treat our privileges um in a very privileged kind of way yeah mm-hmm. that's right and um so, yes, I think between us we'd had 18 doses of AstraZeneca. <laughs> we had some lying around the kitchen floor. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what you use your milk jug for now. <laughs> totally dairy-free, but if you'd like some AstraZeneca or, oh, are you on Pfizer? Don't worry, I've got some in the fridge. <laughs> it's, we've, actually, we can't keep it in the freezer, though, because have we got another <laughs> freezer yet? Oh, <laughs> so what, <laughs> what has been... I feel so bad about talking about my landlord on our podcast because, I, you know. But I am curious about what, what the status of your freezer. Well, yes, or, it does. as I like to think of it, your potential sauna space. We've had promises that um, we'll be getting a new one. Oh, so you decided to go, okay, we'll go with the new one. I think the ice cream thing uh, did it. Tipped uh, you over the edge. It, it <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, I still don't. Still don't know, but we do need somewhere somewhere to store our um, spare doses of Pfizer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking about um, uh, your um, grading system for environmental impact. Right. Yeah, and um, it just doesn't hold water for me. What saying? At least I didn't have a kid. As, yeah. As, you, yeah. as you burn another plastic bottle. Yes. Yes. Exactly. You start to unpick the the threads of this, and it unravels too quickly. Because, well, well, what am I saying? Am I saying that there needs to be some kind of eugenic program? Yes. Where we get like rid Logan's of the kids run. that are there. Exactly that. Or Man, wouldn't that be amazing oh. if you get to doing that flying thing when you turn thirty-two, which did when oh, I saw your Logan's young. Carousel. A long way in the future. I know. 32. It's called Carousel that moment, in case uh, our faithful listeners are unfamiliar with the... Uh, oh, is it like 1973? Oh, no, it's later or? than that. Is it? Uh, do you think it's before Star Wars? Oh, it's definitely before... Oh, now I'm not sure. Yes, it must be. Isn't it? If only we had some way. It's a 1976 American science fiction action film directed by Michael Anderson. This is just off the top of my head. So we are both Starring right Michael and York. wrong. And it Farrah Fawcett. Bef- I forgot that Farrah Fawcett majors, majors or Farrah Fawcett at the time was there. Yeah. She it? is in she is uh she's the um basically the plastic surgeon's assistant, isn't she? You you are spot on. Yeah. And I she gets did. killed, I think, by a oh spoiler alert. Oh, for fuck's sake, it's nineteen seventy six. If you've not watched Logan's run by this point, get over yourself. And you're probably not going to. Yeah, you know and you but you should. Peter Ustinov's in it as the world's oldest man that's right i um the i did i have to say have um the hots for um jenny agatha jenny agatha was beautiful it was a 1967 book 
Hmm. Killing off human beings. I love the little crystal in the middle of your hand. Oh. I always wanted one of those. And so, you 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 were you were very young, Lee. So you kind of watched it when it came out. I didn't see it at the cinema, no. But I saw it on the telly. I guess I would have seen it in the early eighties. Isn't it weird, though? Isn't it just that idea? Because I I did see it at the cinema. I was eight years old, and the oh, idea of wow. 30, I, the idea of thirty two, which of course was, was I was I turned thirty two in the year two thousand, was mind-bogglingly far away. 32 was so old, so it didn't seem such an irrational, such a crazy idea to to knock people off when they turned 32 in a grand ceremony. Why don't, yeah. we do, why don't we do that, Lee? What we've done now is we've just spent billions and billions and billions of dollars on extending people's lives. Yeah, when we don't have places to keep them and we have to ask about the quality of life. We start of... We're unintentionally, this is the euthanasia episode, isn't it? <laughs> we, <laughs> well, I did, uh, a friend of mine uh, sent me a link to an, a, a young Australian person who had, who had um, successfully sued the Australian government. This is relevant uh, because they were prioritizing research. The, the research was effectively designed to extend the life of elderly people. Mm-hmm. Over research into the climate emergency, so and that, that was a successful case. Yes, apparently that uh, the argument being um, you're taking from my future in order to uh, continue the future of people who are um, uh, have already lived their lives. It's a very it, it's it is a messy but also amazing kind of thing to think about, isn't it? In terms of the the ideology and the prioritization of research money. Um, government research funding and who it is that should decide or how it is decided that some research is more important than other types of research. Messy. God, it is so messy. I really want to talk about euthanasia. Welcome to Carousel. Oh, 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 my shit went down my spine. Is that because I used my special voice or because you were imagining floating and being shot by a laser? I think it was both. (laughs) Bit of both. It was both because your your, um, special voice captured... The um, the quality, <laughs> the tone of that woman's voice, as, as all those people strove in to watch the spectacle, kind of like, kind of like it was a football match. People who are unfamiliar with Logan's Run will be very confused right now. <laughs> I can't imagine that any of our faithful or unfaithful listeners don't know Logan's Run. Euthanasia. It's not legal, is it, in this country? No, I think it's not. And. I mean, this is just, I'm just going to ask the direct question. Are there circumstances in which you would prefer to be euthanized? Hmm. We're talking about death again. We are. It's a very difficult question to answer sitting in a body which is doing perfectly well. Because I think that the rational part of my brain says, yes, because if these things stop working and my quality of life is reduced, I would no longer want to be alive. We tend to get turned down, don't we, in terms of our quality of life. It doesn't just, it rarely drops off a cliff. It's sort of a a slow lowering of volume. Mm. Or if you prefer, it's like being a frog in water, slowly being boiled. You just don't notice it's happening until it's catastrophic. And so I think that... I think that it feels like a really, really hard thing to have a perspective on right now. Yes, it's a, it is the equivalent of um, thinking about 32-year-olds when you're eight. Yeah, yeah. And I know that the narratives that you hear are things like, oh, I don't want to be a burden. And it's like, oh, 
well, I'm not sure about not being a burden. I don't think I have a problem with being a burden. Because I don't know who I'd be a burden on, because I don't have any family to look after me, so I'd be a well, burden presumably on the state. Bob. Yeah, but I there would be I can't imagine there would be a scenario where Bob would be happier to have me put down than keep me alive. What uh, what about if your memory's utterly gone? I've asked her that question. She said, I quite like the shape of you. Oh. And, you know, the... Uh, I don't... I, it's, it's just... It's, it's an impossible... It's too abstract. Yeah. It's the, I, I think... What's the name of that Damien Hurst piece of the shark swimming in formaldehyde? It's called The Impossibility of Death in the Mind of Someone Living. I think the title is quite, quite beautiful. Mm. And I think it, it encapsulates how I feel about the question that you've asked. It's impossible. Mm. How do you feel? I think that word burden is really interesting. And so when you said it, I think I get stuck on that. I'm going to assume that I'm, you know, I'm going to assume that it's uh, 30 years from now. So I'll be in my 80s. Could be 70s. Maybe I'll maybe I make it to my 80s. And so Lil and I would have been together 40, 50 years. 50 years. And if I were if I were in a state in which the sense of me as a human being, which is why you're, why Bob's thought about the shape of you is really fascinating and troubling for me as well, or troubling in a beautiful way, like I'm beautifully troubled by it or troubled beautifully, um, that my instinct now as a 52-year-old thinking forward would be that I would prefer to be euthanized. I think the question of pain is an interesting one as well, meaning what if I were in an enormous amount of pain and that I was only being kept out of that pain by a remarkable uh, cocktail of, um, let's just call it an agroni, of drugs. So that, it, you know, <clears throat> we're, we're, we're bumbling around the question of what it is to be, aren't we? That yeah. Who is Lee? And mm. Bob so beautifully... Actually, part of Lee is the shape of Lee, the form of Lee. And I just, I love that. And it, and it cre- creates a problem for me in the kind of, in my um, future proposal or my proposal for the future, uh, or my imagining of the future. And, it's a, and also, I guess, for the medical profession, you know, the idea of doing no harm. It's really, the ethics of it is... Uh, the, the, the ethics are so rich and so complex. It's another one where it needs one of these conversations amongst the community to have a really detailed conversation um, where people are able to express contrary or contradictory ideas and to recognize the complexities and the nuances in a way that um, ge- generates understanding. Uh, I mean, I know it sounds so idealistic there, but it's just, it's like the antithesis of how, um, how, how certainly how our politics um, on either side or all sides uh, seem to occur now. I'm thinking about burden. Mm. Dogs are a burden when they get old. They do it in a much more um, expedited fashion. They get old and decrepit by the time they're 14 or 15. So, you know, you... you and they, they kind of, they burn through their illnesses quickly. Um, so even their decrepitude is is still a relatively short sort of 
short period to experience. Yeah, we can have a couple of decades, can't we? Yeah, absolutely that. But I'm also yep. aware that people find animals burdensome and make decisions like, well, I'm just going to have it put down. Animal life is worth, worth less than human life, and then, therefore we can dispose of it at our will. Yep. And I think that's where the, the real complexity comes in, because I, I know my dad will regularly say, you wouldn't let a dog live like that when he sees somebody suffering. And it's true, he wouldn't let a dog live like that because he's a deeply humane man who cares a great deal about the animals that he looks after in his, you know, in his stewardship. Mm. But I also know that there are people who will abandon dogs by the sides of the road or will beat them or will throw them in a bag and, you know, yeah. put them in the, you know, throw them into, yeah. into canals and all those sorts of things. And, and there's very little in terms of punishment beyond, you know, you can't keep animals again. There's, there's no, yeah. So I, I suppose you can't really make clear relationships between the idea of putting an animal out, out of its misery, as my dad would say, and doing the same with a human. So I think the idea of burden is such a tricky thing. And what I wanted to do was ask you about that anxiety of burden that you just articulated so eloquently about, and this is difficult, but I'll place it on me. I might say the same thing to Bob, but if I was to, if I was to be presented with Bob, who was quote unquote a burden, I wouldn't want her to be put down. Yeah, I guess maybe the yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, why do we hold ourselves to a slightly different? You know, we wouldn't want to get rid of the people that we care for. And this is the going back to the idea of the impossibility of you trying to project forward. Because you're saying, if I became a burden, if I didn't look like myself, I wouldn't want Lil to have to deal with that. But we project this idea that we, are, we will be too burdensome or we will be too difficult or they won't recognise us or all of those sorts of things. Yeah, but bur- so burden's, will... burden's not the word I was... It's no, an interesting it's word, but it's not the word, the word I, I was used. using because I wasn't no, thinking about it in terms of my burden on her or on society or... It was yes. more about whether I'm there. Is this still me? Well, this is where trust comes in, doesn't it? That that I would expect Lil and I to have a very long and detailed and messy conversation over years uh, leading into that time in which we, in which I place my trust in that I express my, this is what I would want to happen. And then I place my trust in her to to decide whether to make that happen or not, knowing she would know my wishes, but then would have to, uh, confront and deal with what is effectively best for her. That is a huge burden to put on another person, isn't it? But 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 it's no more of a burden than having to put up with me for fifty years. <laughs> I mean, I'm joking, but you know that I think that's a. I mean, you, I, I think that's a responsibility that I would uh, that I would take and willingly take because of having spent a lifetime together. Not, not an easy one. Mm. I'm not suggesting that it's easy or that I'm. But who else would you want? Who else would you want to have? Uh, would you want to have that responsibility? Well, I don't think there is anybody else I would want to have that responsibility. But I think I think I am reflecting that I am ask uh, the me that is now is asking the her that is then to dispose of the shape of the me mm. that she cares for. And just because, and it's 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 the idea of turning down quietly over time, or, or boiling the frog, that 
I can't imagine having the shape of Bob being empty of Bob. Yeah. And saying, I can now, because of a conversation we had when she was filled with the Bob that was, <laughs> dispose of the Bob that is. <laughs> I, 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 I read a, Yeah. I find that actually really... Yeah. I find that really, really hard to yeah. process yeah. and think about. It's not abstract, is it? No, it's it's not abstract because it's yeah. and I understand what you're saying there about the trusting her, but I'm I the selfish bit of me goes, Oh yeah, just just throw me on the bonfire, it's easy, get rid of me. Yeah, with the plastic bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if I if I then flip it around and stop thinking about me being useless and, mm. the, and the disposal of me and then thinking about Bob as useless and the disposal of Bob, I kind of find myself going, but Bob wouldn't be useless. Hey, um, I just had a message from Finn saying that he, uh, he replied, he sent us an email. Oh, did he? What did it say? Here it is. Okay. Okay, read it to us. Dearly and Simon, I feel a bit weird sending an email calling myself polite, but I did in fact only get one due to Simon being the one buying. I knew it! Simon also did say, I'm going to get the almond chocolate croissant, but then proceeded to exit the bakery with a cinnamon swirl as well. Had he mentioned the fact that he was getting two things, I probably would have got something else as well. After eating my pan of chocolat, also Simon, mate, Simon, mate, we went over the pronunciation at Gales and you said it wrong on the podcast <laughs> to, my utter, to my utter disappointment. Uh, Lil, uh, uh, Finn is a um, native French speaker. Oh, yes, he started his life in France. Yes, and he said, this is, he said uh, also, Simon, mate, we went over the pronunciation at Gales and you said it wrong on the pod. Oh, here it is. How to, this will be in the show notes. How to pronounce pain au chocolat. Pain au chocolat. Um, he sent a link for that. And then he did, Simon did offer me some of his cinnamon swirl, but unfortunately I don't like the taste of cinnamon. Anyway, I got home and I had a bowl of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> you were right. 